thank you all for coming. I am really excited to be able to talk to Adri about everything that you've got going on. Adri, this is really cool to have you here, man. Thank you. Yeah. And hi, everyone. Thanks uh, for the opportunity. Yeah. So that everyone can be on the same page and we can know what exactly we're doing here today. Maybe you could give us a bit of background on that. And also just tell us, like, how did you get into tech? Sure. Um, so I remember when when I was finishing my my bachelor's uh, degree um, in electrical engineering that was uh, in in Barcelona. Uh, by that time, electrical engineering was kind of like a popular and and at the same time challenging um, bachelor's to to complete. Uh, the job offer demand was was quite high uh, by, by by the time that I started that bachelor's. But then I realized by the time that I, I was over uh, with it, I realized that what I have been selling was wasn't like the the domain uh, that was like more uh, attractive. Uh, that actually was com computer science, right? And actually. Uh, one of the key things and things that I'm really satisfied and really happy to um, to have had there is the the research groups and the people that belong okay. to to that community. All right. And and yeah, from from those groups, I think um, that was my access to to the not only to the technology. Um, field but also to the AI and, and machine learning uh, field and I'll tell you guys uh, the story uh, this is kind of my crash on on ml and after that I'll, I'll give you some time uh, Demetrius to think about your uh, your love story for for ml uh, <laughs> but uh, but um, in summary um, there is this project it's called the imagenet project. Uh, some of you might might have heard about this project, but basically, um, a group, a research group at, at Stanford collected like uh, 14 million of images, hand annotated, uh, collecting more than covering more than 20,000 categories, and from that data set, um, they started like the visual recognition challenge. Uh, the objective of that challenge was. Uh, just to achieve like the highest accuracy on the on the visual classification task uh, of uh, one thousand categories, um, th those teams were offered like a, a like a batch a data set uh, of around um, one point two million training images, and at the end, uh, the highest that you could get, uh, the highest that, that that you would rank on on this challenge, right, and this was uh, a story that basically by by 2000 uh, before 2012 uh, most participants were using like traditional computer vision uh, methods like uh, feature engineering and applying some classification like um, algorithms with really sh shallow um, structures mm -hmm. and the the important aspect of, of this challenge is that uh, of around 2012 they some of the teams started like using deep learning right uh, deep learning came into play 
And the first architecture that it was used was AlexNet. Uh, this architecture, uh, what it, it, it attracted me like a lot, uh, but by the time that I was reading this, uh, and it's because because they, they improved uh, by around 10% the results that traditional methods were, were offering, right? Um, that was obviously thanks to GPUs and, and these uh, convolutional neural networks. Um, but that was kind of my, my first impression of, of AI. Wow, uh, we, can, we, we can really uh, dig into these technologies and, and we can actually improve right, the, the state of the art uh, by, by quite a lot. And by the end of the, I think it was around 2016, uh, we reached to a point that these uh, CNN architectures were even like improving, uh, they were doing better than the human uh, performance um, level, right? And that's actually like the 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 the, the first trigger that uh, that I thought, wow, uh, this is actually going to change like the 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 way that we see um, deep learning, right? Uh, in, interacting with uh, with our um, products and, and technologies that, that we use. Um, how about if we move this domain? Uh, this was, as, as I was saying, just uh, 1,000 categories from like regular daily objects like cars, cats, animals, right? But then I, I started thinking, wow, why, why don't we move this concept to other domains, right? For example, the healthcare domain. And that was actually uh, my first kind of... Uh, uh, interaction with these technologies. Uh, I remember that uh, by the end of the these bachelors, I had to uh, complete like a thesis uh, to to close like to end my 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 bachelors. And I basically took this idea uh, of ImageNet, but I was trying to solve other tasks or like uh, for personal reasons. I I I had some. Uh, motivations to um, uh, relationship with uh, dermatology, and um, I thought, okay, let's let's try to collect images of skin lesions, and and let's try to replicate what these guys have been doing with with the ImageNet challenge, mm -hmm. but let's do it now with um, skin lesions, uh, right? And so I had I had a um, few options uh, to join some some research groups. Uh, I guess uh, we can differentiate between two types of, of research groups. Uh, mostly, uh, the first one is the fundamental research that they try to expand like technology uh, from, for example, visual classification uh, classification tasks, object detection and segmentation. So trying to improve the technology that. Uh, that um, other people could use. And then the second uh, type of researchers are like applied researchers, right? Uh, guys that take the technology that the first group of researchers have been developing and they try to apply it uh, so we can have like some impact on society, right? These two groups, uh, they have to live together. So one really needs the other um, to, um, to progress, right? 
And this this was actually uh, the the path that I took um, to use some existing technologies, um, especially the the convolution neural networks, and I tried to uh, use this to build like a, a system that was able to classify skin lesions taken, for example, with, with your smartphone and be able to have like this first assessment of what that skin lesion could, could um, be, right? Uh, and then uh, the second motivation was, okay, I've seen like uh, this ImageNet challenge, I've seen that it's, feasible to collect uh, a huge number of, of, of images and and all reasons to why I jumped into this was the uh, the frameworks that were available by, by that time. It was around 2015. Um, so Keras, for example, TensorFlow were uh, available and GPUs were also like a, a, a thing by, by that time. And then you went in you tried to put it out and get it into production? Exactly. Uh, I, the first kind of draft uh, was just like a, like a research publication uh, that I did with, with some folks at the Florida Atlantic University. Uh, and it became kind of like the, uh, a pretty attractive business idea as well. And that's how I, I was reached out by a startup called Triage uh, from, from Toronto in Canada. And basically these guys wanted to uh, bring all these deep learning technologies to healthcare. And what it seems to be like the low hanging fruit for medical imaging was this, this kind of, of problems, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so at the end, um, answering your question, yes, this, uh, we wanted to bring it to this, this, this research idea into production by offering this service in, in a way that users uh, were able to download the app mm -hmm. and just snap a picture and we were able to predict like in, in real time uh, what that lesion could, could be, right? Then the fun part started and you realized what yeah. that would take <laughs> exactly and then uh i i spent like a couple of years um playing with uh building uh machine learning frameworks um on the top of open source like uh, ones like keras and tensorflow and then i got really interested on on building like a platform right and that's when i started like reading more about mlops it was uh a pretty new thing uh, by by that time, but um, my objective was uh, we were like different teams in in this startup. Was, uh, we had like data scientists, data engineers. Um, they, we had like a really big group of uh, data management um, folks, mm -hmm. um, and obviously like the front end and, and back end guys and. It was pretty hard to communicate uh, between each other. Um, so I thought, why don't we build like a platform 
um, that we can all like understand and, and we, we, we can use it like a translation uh, machine be, be, between all. So it doesn't matter what's your knowledge about ML, mm-hmm. um, but you can still like deploy um, some models and train those models, right? So you wanted to create some kind of centralized platform and you're saying that there was a lot of this communication breakdown. Can you go a little bit deeper into that? Like what was breaking down in the communication part? Was it the database engineers didn't understand what machine learning was or was it that the data scientists couldn't explain themselves properly? Hmm. Yeah, I I would start saying, for example, uh, the conflict between uh, what programming languages each of the, of the teams were were able to um, to use. Uh, for example, we had like a lot of friction between uh, requests from the data science team to the data engineering team, and mostly because they were using like uh, Ruby on Rails and and data scientists are were only using like python for example so um every time that we had to deploy like a new model um data scientists are the ones responsible for like um developing and pulling all all the new data that uh, the service was obtaining and training a new model optimizing this model and then deploying it right so uh, we had always to ask for those data engineers to 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 deploy it for us yeah so in that sense um i was thinking why don't we each exchange like communication through like a configuration file for example right um that it's almost like code uh free but still uh we can use it to communicate like each other so that was kind of the objective with this uh, machine learning platform that uh, we worked on at this startup. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it's something that we hear so much, you know, like the data scientists just having to throw it over the fence. And you have, is it the DevOps team that has to then go and take care of it? And do they even know how to take care of it? So Exactly. So then maybe we can jump into just like how from there... You decided you wanted to go into what you've now done and like help create a knowledge base Mm -hmm. and a course to have everyone else understand. And for those of, it's probably a good idea for you to break down what exactly it is that you're doing with Productionize ML and what you hope to achieve with it. Exactly. So uh, just taking the, the idea of what I was explaining with this uh, machine learning platform, uh, the idea of letting everyone in your team to understand what's, what's the final goal. And, and most of the times this final goal is to uh, deploy your services or, or bring your research idea, in this case, into production, right? And I thought that the best or like the low hanging fruit was to do it through educational resources, uh, right? So everyone, uh, no matter in which team you belong to, um, you're able to understand uh, what are the other teams uh, kind of needs are, right? And especially in this field that it's quite like, uh, there is like a lot of innovation going on. Um, I thought that the 
what I had to build was like a um, educational tool that were that was offering this kind of uh, knowledge uh, to each of the teams. Um, so the name of this tool uh, is uh, Productize ML, and the objective overall is to enable the creation of new AI products. Um, we target like uh, either if you're part of a team or you're an individual uh, contributor, uh, we try to bridge this gap between, okay, uh, I think I know what, what are the research ideas that uh, I want to transform and, and, and turn it in, into a product. Uh, but I don't really know uh, where to start, right? Uh, so Productize ML wants to shorten the time from this is the idea that I want to build and um, I how I want to deploy this and, and wrap it up, do like a packaging of, 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 of the mm -hmm. product. And as I was saying, uh, this is... Uh, the easiest way that I thought that we could do this is through educational resources uh, to keep everyone in your team aligned and improve in some way the cross-functionality of, of the team. Yeah, and I'll throw in the chat right now for anyone who wants to like jump ahead and look at what it is that you've created because I'm like I'm blown away. You know that I love it. That's why I got you on here. But <laughs> Thank you. I think it's it's really important this idea of the different stakeholders that you talk about and the translation that needs to be done because so many times people come on here and they talk about how the MLOps problem is an organizational problem. And part of that is because people don't understand each other or they don't have the right access to this or that, or they can't say what it is that they need to be done in a way that the other person understands the other teammate that is doing things. And I think there's parts of that that are really getting better as this becomes more mainstream, right? But what you're doing is like a huge service to all of the rest of us, because like you said, you're getting everyone on the same page. So that at least you can tell your teammates or you can tell the team, at the very least, just go through and do this quick course and you'll have an understanding of what I'm looking for. I will understand what you're looking for. We can speak the same language and you will know what I mean when I talk about this or that. So I really appreciate that you did this. I thought it was it was incredible when I saw it. And the idea of the stakeholders is huge and who needs what from machine learning, right? Like a machine learning piece to each person is a different thing. Yeah, correct. Um, in, in that way, I try to like um, to break down each of the lectures with uh, targeting like different uh, teams and different audiences, right? So um, as, as you were saying, uh, the first lecture, for example, like the, uh, the machine learning uh, lecture, we try to uh, present some of the main algorithms like uh, for supervised and supervised learning. So, and this lecture is mainly focused for like product managers that uh, might not be like uh, in a in a full on understanding of what uh, these technologies do and require in terms of data. 
and even for data management teams too, right? Uh, why do we need all these uh, huge number of 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 of, of data sets, right? Uh, well, what is behind those deep convolutional neural networks? Uh, why do we need to represent or to cover all the classes such a we don't suffer for um, from an class I'm, I'm, I'm balancing, right? And, and also for, for marketing or business development guys, uh, why is it taking like so long to train like a, like a, a deep, Convolutional neural network, things things like that, and other sections uh, that just come to my mind. For example, the uh, the, the last one, for example, uh, it's called uh, productize it. Right, um, this is especially useful for uh, folks like like I I, I like uh, like me in the past uh, who were purely focused on the engineering side of the of the solution that that we were building um and this lecture resonates a lot uh, along the lines of what is important or what is the product that i'm building what are the business objectives that, that i have because at the end i believe that um we should build our technical solutions considering that mm. and that that means uh defining or answering some of the questions such as uh, what is the benefit that I'm taking from automating this process or making these predictions uh, more accurate? Uh, should should I be caring a lot about the accuracy of the model or, for example, the coverage uh, of classes? Mm -hmm. uh, because, I don't know, certain customers or clients might care more about, yeah, about the coverage of classes that, for example, your classifier can, can have versus a really high performance. And also like defining what's the uh, MVP that you want to build. Um, this is something that uh, engineers might, might lack of, of understanding. Sometimes uh, we sometimes uh, care too much about yeah the the accuracy for example of the of this uh, product and sometimes we we lack of this uh business side right yeah and i see some there's a great meme that ron just put in the chat about <laughs> basically it's like uh -huh. um for everyone that already clicked on it it's like work fine and dev it's an ops problem now and you see the building blowing up in the background uh, i wanted to ask a few more questions before we maybe jump into the actual um the course and your brainchild and sure. i th i just think it's fascinating that you took a different approach to things because right now we're seeing a ton of companies that are coming out, right? That are trying to help standardize the ML workflow or they're trying to help be the tool for X, Y, or Z. And a lot of these companies we've had on here, they're in the community, they're great. But your idea of a platform was different. You said, well, let's make it educational instead of a tool. And why exactly did you go about that? Just because it was going to be an easier endeavor? I'm sure it didn't end up being that easy. 
So what was it that made you think education here is probably going to be more powerful uh, than creating some tool that does all of this for you? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great question. So there is uh, there is this Chinese uh, proverb that says, uh, give a man a fish and you feed him like for a day. Uh, teach a man to fish and you feed him like for for a lifetime uh, so <laughs> this is actually uh the 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 goal that i had with uh productize ml um not to be like solutions uh, for a for a specific customer or a specific uh, problem that i have but um to see it um from the from the outside and and try to provide like examples or provide like a some content that might, might extrapolate to to new products and new ideas, and after after all, uh, this is what I did in the past, right? Uh, at the end, I think innovation comes also from seeing examples or or being influenced by other solutions. Um, so this is what we try to do uh, in in productize ML, just offer like some 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 tools, some resources, so new products can can benefit from from it yeah that makes total sense i mean it's it's a great way of doing it and it is also i feel like it's very versatile like you can get anyone on board with this it's not like you need to go and try and get the cfo to buy a big product uh, so that your team can work more efficiently. It's like you can just use it as a grassroots and people that hopefully, like what I hope for is that people that are on this call and people that are watching this later on in the future, they see this and maybe they've been having trouble at their company, their current company. Maybe they're a lone wolf in their company and they are trying to have people understand what is it they are actually doing and they can show their colleagues this and and it will help everyone get on the same page and so i think you've done a great job at that i <laughs> want to ask one more question on the the content of it because there's a cool question that just came through the in the chat and it was back when you were working on your like the skin legions if you were training your data sets with uh different colored skin and how that worked and also because it's it's like there's uh generally a training on lighter skin and so you get a bit of a bias and that kind of goes into the question that i wanted to ask around your in productize ml there's nothing about like really ethics in there do you feel like you want to put that in there later yeah, uh, that's that's definitely like a really good question regarding like the the way that we were training the the skin lesion classifier. Uh, we were trying to sample from different like uh, skin tones, uh, but it's true that uh, there is like a lack of of data like uh, availability right uh, for some skin tones. Uh, so some of the methods that we were using um, to um, this is something that we touch on the during the course is um, the fact of data augmentation, right? Um, just to enlarge those classes that you lack from from images uh, in this case. Um, so we try to expand those uh, skin uh, 
images with uh, darker skin tone, for example, uh, through those those methods. And regarding like the ethics uh, in the course, uh, this is actually where I see like more AI products um, trying to integrate these um, aspects. So uh, we should definitely add like a like a section. Uh, we we don't have any right now, but uh, we should. Coming. It's coming. <laughs> In the mail. <laughs> well, yeah, that... that's 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 also something, uh, Demetrius. That the uh, the course it's it's quite hard, like to to cover like oh, all what's it. going on, right? Uh, we we are seeing, for example, right now, like transformers that they are um, aiming like to to take on um, convolutional neural networks for visual classification, uh, not just for. Um, text uh, classification but so um, this content will be extended and over time and hopefully the community will will help also to to make it like happen yeah yeah and well i think that's a perfect segue into another question that i had like is there a way that people can get involved and participate in this because as far as i know it's like it's an open collective right now right yeah that that, that was one of the objectives um when when i started like this project uh i think uh you probably know this with the mlops community that there is like a huge number of, of people uh with uh, really talented people uh that are willing to contribute and the same way that uh at some point we have uh, borrowed some of this knowledge from uh, uh, Stack Overflow, for example, uh, and, and and forums like like this. Uh, at some point, I think we have to contribute back to the community. Um, the best way that I thought was through this through this platform, and I chose the tool that is built with uh, its Gitbooks, and this platform basically works under the uh, Git uh, methodologies. So um, it's linked to like a, a GitHub repo and anyone can actually um, open like a PR with uh, changes on the content. And that's the way that I see like um, external contributors to um, contribute um, to the existing content. Yeah, that's another awesome way of doing it because like you said there's so many smart people out there and they've probably got some of their wisdom to share and so i encourage anyone that is out there watching and maybe you have some extra parts that you want to throw on there yeah uh, prs are welcome that's very cool there's <laughs> a quick question in the chat coming from ron about how these models are actually packaged for production i imagine he's talking about the uh, skin lesion models that you were working on, were you using Docker container with Flask, RESTful service, Python, Pickle, Files, um, DLL, TensorFlow Lite, TensorFlow Serving? Hmm. Is Am I correct in saying, Ron, you'll tell us in the chat if it was for the, the skin lesion uh, models or are you talking about, yeah, yeah, he says, yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the, the way that we were working in this company, uh, the data scientists were training those models using Keras. Uh, we were converting those models into TensorFlow, uh, and we were using the TensorFlow serving, um, to, uh, create the Docker images that we were hosting, um, in the cloud. Uh, and then we were using, uh, Kubernetes to, to bring those uh, models into productions in the form of um, an API that we were um, um, using in the front end. So one thing that jumps out at me as you explain that, and as I look at, you know, production is ML again, yeah. is going through the the higher level like that being able to explain something like that at a very high level is so useful and then really nailing down and getting into the nitty-gritty i think uh is there a plan to go like super deep and talk about things in a lot of detail for the course or is that something that you want to just stay high level so it can be something hmm. for everyone <laughs> yeah that's that's a great question so i've try to keep like this high level uh just to prioritize based on the uh each of the lectures were contributing to uh actually like create like products uh so what is the impact that uh these technologies or um these methodologies that i'm i'm, I'm teaching in this course are having on on the industry and on on the society um so it's all uh, matter of prioritizing things. Uh, we will uh, obviously like extend this content over time. And not only that, but uh, I think a really important point too is to offer like hands-on uh, experiences, right? Um, something that it can complement the theory. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we will be releasing really soon. Uh, I call it a catalog. And this catalog will include uh, just examples uh, that you can download. Uh, it's like an end-to-end -end ML lifecycle for like a specific uh, task and product. Uh, we will start, uh, we have like a, a, one of these catalog items will be like an urban uh, sound classifier. And we have others for visual classification tasks. So uh, with this, we try to inspire uh, people um, to create some new products based on the ones that, that we are offering. Um, and this is uh, the way that we will try to yeah expand the, the existing course. Yeah, and for that, like, how can I stay informed i i think you guys have a uh you have like a slack community or is it discord i can't remember yeah we have a, a server on on discord uh that um where we keep everyone like updated with the uh the as soon as, as we update like a section or we add like a new lecture on the course, uh, we will keep everyone uh, updated there. We also have like a Twitter account. And for now you can also sign up in our newsletter 
that we will try to um, to send like updates um, every month with the with this content as well as with uh, these cataloged um, um, items that uh, I was I was telling you before. Mm -hmm. So nice. So as you look forward and you're thinking about what's coming next, I mean, you talked to us about the hands-on stuff. Is there anything else that you want to bring to the website and the Gitbook? And is it just more collaboration with outside sources or do you have anything else up your sleeve? Yeah. So we're trying to also reach like uh, other collaborators, people that are really interested on yeah educational technologies and uh machine learning as well so uh if you're definitely one of those uh please reach me out and this is something uh extending like the the team uh right now i'm working with uh some internal like, contributors uh that I'm, I'm i'm really thankful to to be working with with them, they're really talented people and, and experience from software engineering to product managers and um, ML engineers that are helping me with this um, with this content. So, uh, as I was saying, yeah, the productized ML catalog. I, I see like a lot of of really good examples. Uh, always trying to follow this line uh, of not building solutions, but building tools uh, or examples that uh, people can take as as inspiration. Yeah. Hmm. And do you feel like it'll ever get to the point where you're going to be talking about certain tools, or are you going to try to stay away from that? Hmm. Um, I think it's pretty hard uh, without like a really deep knowledge of the problem that you're trying to solve hmm. um, depending on the data structure uh, that you're working with I think it's pretty hard right to automate um, the tools uh, that someone would would use to create like a product but instead uh, as I said I think, uh, humans work really well on, on, on getting inspired by things that's uh, going back to uh, where we started this conversation from with the idea of ImageNet and moving this idea of general uh, uh, visual classification tasks to more like a specific uh, for, for skill vision uh, classification. That's, that's where uh, we are aiming to uh, with this with this catalog. And as far as like people that you want to see get the most value from this, is it somebody that is at a, a huge enterprise or is it someone like, like when I look at it, I look at it as someone at a startup that has a team and they're not really functioning that well. There's maybe a little bit of dysfunctional team dynamics and and this can help everyone get on the same page as i mentioned earlier is that the same vision that you have or are you looking at it as more of uh something for everyone hmm. yeah so uh, the two main audience uh, audiences i think that uh, we are trying to to target here is uh teams uh coming from startups or even like big corporations 
but um, also uh, so like individual contributors uh, here uh, there is like the point of uh, of the pricing for example of the of the course uh, I really want uh, this course to promote uh, the creation of new products and I was thinking uh, that most of the individual contributors they 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 cannot like really afford like some of the prices that uh, some of educational courses are out there right uh, so uh, but still uh, these are really important like contributors um, I'm not sure how many uh, if you have done some statistics about the MLOps community if they're like uh, purely like individuals or like they belong to big corporations but um, my point is that even like small uh, uh, communities like of, of, of individual contributors they they have uh, we, we need to empower them right to with these tools and resources to really uh, make um, something out of it and that's why I'll try uh, always to keep this this course free and also, there is uh, another reason for which uh, that there is this concept of public interest technology uh, tool for for which uh, we try to promote like technology uh, on society and offer uh, like this knowledge to even like people that doesn't want to build like products mm -hmm. or that purely just wants to understand uh, what AI can really do. Uh, and try to uncover this wrong label that we sometimes put uh, on AI about like a, a black box. Um, how Netflix, for example, recommendation systems work or how uh, Pinterest is uh, suggesting us like uh, pretty like uh, visually similar images through like image retrieval systems. Or even like when we see some of the deep fakes uh, from, from Trump or uh, how do these like general generative adversarial networks work, right? So these are the three main audiences that I see these course like um, um, targeting. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think we should talk for a minute about that. Like right now, it's totally free, right? And you want to keep this free, but you want to have more built on it. And it, do you see it as being like certificates at some point where it gets more specific and then you can get certificates from it? How does how do you envision that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I see productize ML like um, dividing the efforts between like the the course that I as as I said it will always be free. Well, we obviously accept some um, some donations uh, through Buy Me a Coffee. That's a, a beautiful platform uh that i suggest everyone to to check out uh, and the other thing is the 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 other front uh, that productize ml wants to uh focus on is the catalog um for which i think uh we will start like uh setting some some prices for for this um catalog of different tasks and examples of of tools and, and products um so we can maintain like both um businesses nice and i'm seeing another question coming up here in the chat and it's 
a bit more specific question uh, about how you know when your ML model needs a new updated model. How do you know once your productionized model needs to be updated? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, I would say it depends on the domain uh, that you're trying to uh, use your, your model. The first steps sometimes just, you're just a, you just have access like a limited like uh, coverage of the real domain that that ideally your product should work really well on and and one of the aspects uh, that having a system in production uh, the company can benefit from is the concept of data uh, flywheeling and this basically um, resonates around the idea of um, by the time that you start deploying your services, um, you're not exclusively making predictions, but you're also uh, collecting data from your users. So here comes the, the point of uh, that you're actually sampling from the domain that you're one that you want to predict, right? And here is the point that as, as soon as you label this new data that you're sampling and collecting from your from your users, that's the point I think that you should be retraining your model so it can get more uh, accurate on the final objective that it's uh, to solve the, those real um, cases. Yeah, and you mentioned some, something here in the... Uh in the website about really like knowing also the KPIs and what these KPIs are and what you're really shooting for. What's the model uh, trying to do? Don't like ever forget that higher level. Uh, so as you look forward and it looks like we're kind of running out of time here, the whole idea around productionizing your machine learning, when you're looking forward into the, for the next year, we'll try and say, or even less than that, the next six years, how do you feel like things are evolving? Because like you mentioned before, it's going so fast and it's at a speed that things are happening so quickly. Where do you foresee things going and some like updates that you're going to need to make with the course or just some bets that you're taking that you hope it will go one way or another? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you raised this question of, of adding some ethics uh, on the course. Um, so definitely that's going to be like uh, some of the uh, priorities to add um, in the course. Things like uh, offer like a less biased, for example, AI products. We have mentioned the the skin tone, like uh, aspect of, of the skin classifier. And other, other um, ethical uh, sites, for example, there is this company that's called uh, U.com uh, that was uh, the uh, it was founded by uh, Richard Socher, uh, who is like a former um, chief data scientist at Safeholds. Anyways, the 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 idea is to uh, come up with products. Uh, this is like a searching engine that tries to be less biased. Um, that doesn't only respect your privacy, but also your values, right? So 
I see Productize MA like offering some of these um, lectures too. Um, another aspect uh, or another lecture that I would like to see it's like more um, topics regarding like explainability of machine learning, right? Uh, trying to move on from the idea of a black box. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I, I was going to say also like uh, to touch on other um, industries, for example, like healthcare and, and finance. Um, I see like a, a lot of power and uh, many new AI products, I think will follow those those lines. Hmm. Yeah, and it begs the question for me, like, do you ever see what you do with the educational being more like vertical specific? Do you feel like you're going to be having educational productized ML for healthcare industry or for fintech and for these different areas? Because it is a little bit different once you go into each one of these these, there's nuances, right? Yeah, that's that's a great uh, idea or, or way to see it. Uh, maybe uh, each of the lectures, as you said, they should be like more focused on each of the of the domains uh, because data will look like completely different from one domain mm-hmm. uh, or one industry to the others. Um, so as 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 soon as we get uh, we expand like the team. I I I do see um, this like getting more um, deep, going deeper on the each of the of the lectures and being more specific. Yeah, well, you've done great work so far. I'm excited to see what you create next. Anyone out there who has anything that they want to add, create a PR because. It's just, it's an awesome resource. I threw it in the uh, chat. And if you're listening from the future, you can check it out in the description below. I want to say thanks, Adri. This was cojonudo. <laughs> Thank you, Demetrius, for yeah, uh, for organizing these meetups. Uh, you have like a beautiful uh, community out there. So that's that's amazing. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, thanks again. And everyone check out Productize ML right now. Get your whole team on it. Tell your PM, tell your data engineers, tell everybody. Tell everybody about it because I think it's it's a great thing that you're doing. And we'll be back. Thank you all for tuning in. And thank you, Adri. It's been awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye.